Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Our question today is, how do comets form? So this question comes from Oliver, and Oliver, thank you for such a fascinating question. Comets are one of those things that humans have been wondering about for a long time, because comets are things that we can actually see from Earth on special occasions. So to the ancients, when they looked up, many cultures all over the world had different stories about the things that we saw in the sky. But something that was noticed in common was that there were some things that seemed to stay still relative to each other. These are what we call the fixed stars. So when you look up and you see Orion's belt, where you see the Big Dipper, they're always in the same pattern next to each other. They rise and they set, which is really because Earth is spinning. So we're turning to face them and then we're turning away from them, but they don't move compared to each other. Then there were the wandering stars. These are the planets. So if you look at Mars, sometimes Mars is in one part of the sky and wait a few months and it's in a totally different part of the sky. And then of course, the moon and the sun, they appear to move across the sky depending on the seasons. But there were these special ones that would periodically arrive. And these were stars that looked like they had a ponytail. Yeah, like they had hair. And these are the comets. So comet really does come from the Greek word for hair because it looked to them as though it had this they had these beautiful manes streaming behind them now today we know they're not actually stars they're a lot closer to us in fact they're in our own solar system and comets we think are left over from the formation of the solar system itself so let's think about what we know about the formation of the solar system. Now, of course, none of us were around at the time to watch it. So we have to make guesses based on the clues that we have. Now, these are very good clues we have of looking at other solar systems in their development and also studying things like asteroids and comets that are still left over from that time period. So when the solar system was forming, collapsed, we think, from a large cloud of gas and dust. We called that a nebula. And gravity pulled everything together. Yes, that same force that is holding you down right now in your chair or on the ground or wherever you are, the thing that is pulling you down is the same force that we think brought the material closer and closer together, you squeezed most of it into the sun. And there would have been a little bit of material left over. This little bit of material formed a swirling disk around the sun. And we call this the protoplanetary disk. Proto means before or early. And then 
planet and the disk. So it's almost like a big frisbee or plate surrounding the sun, all swirling around, round and round. Now the things that were closer to the sun would have been hotter there. And the things that are farther away would have been colder. Still like that today, right? The closer you are to the big hot burning sun, the hotter it is. So different types of things were able to form close to the sun versus farther away. In order to start to form, to start to clump together, the material needed to freeze. Now, some material freezes at very high temperatures. Think about rock or metal. You could heat those up to hundreds, sometimes thousands of degrees before they melt. Now, the melting and freezing point that's just two sides of the same coin, right? So the materials like Earth, that Earth are made from, Earth was able to freeze at fairly high temperatures. But if we start going farther and farther out, then we start to get to temperatures where things like water would begin to be able to freeze. Now, there's a lot of water in that early disk of material because water is made from two of the most abundant, that means common elements that exist in the universe. Hydrogen, which is the most common element, and oxygen, which is the third most common. So there's a lot of water all over the place. Now, Earth didn't form from water. We think our water arrived afterwards after our planet had already started to cool down a little bit. Because when we were forming, we would have been really, really hot and the water wouldn't have been able to last on the planet. But out many AU, many times as far away from the sun as Earth is, there would have been lots of solid water. Now, pieces, little chunks would start to come together and start to bump into each other. So we'd get some crystals of water, they would bump into some other ones and those would stick to them. And then maybe they would stick to little pieces of rock that were out there as well, little pieces of metal, and they'd start to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, if these things got to keep going and get even bigger, eventually they'd form into planets. But the stage before they got into planets, we call planetesimals. So these are the building blocks. These are the pieces of planets and they are kind of strange shaped. They're lumpy shaped. They don't quite have enough mass that gravity can crush them in and pull them in to that ball shape, to that sphere shape. So they're the pieces, the almost planets. Now close to the sun, there were lots of planetesimals, but they are made mostly from rocks and metals. And far away from the sun, there were also lots and lots of planetesimals, and they had some rock and metal in them, but they were mostly water and other types of compounds, chemicals that we call ices, things like ammonia and methane, which are very common as well in that early disk. And we see them on, on lots of planets too, like on Neptune and Uranus and Jupiter, Saturn, all of those. So the planetesimals, 
they were made part of that swirling disk of material around the sun. So when they formed, they just kept going around and orbiting around the sun. And most of them are still out there orbiting around the sun. Now, the farther and farther away you get from the sun, the longer and longer it takes to make that journey all the way around. So some of these, it might take them thousands or even tens of thousands of years just to go around the sun just once. Now, way out in the far reaches of our solar system, there are some zones in the outer solar system that we call the Kuiper Belt and the Oort Cloud. Now, the Kuiper Belt is mostly flat on the same plane, just like the planets, just like the asteroid belt. It's part of that frisbee or that disk of material that was going around the sun. And it's mostly these icy things out there, these icy bodies. Now, if we keep going past that even farther out, all the way out as far as maybe even a whole light year away from the sun, but still orbiting the sun, we think that there's a big reservoir of these objects. So reservoir is like a storage area. And there's a whole bunch of these objects that are orbiting around the sun like a big ball. It's like a bubble surrounding the whole solar system. And so instead of or of orbiting around in this nice, neat, orderly way, like a merry-go-round, they're going every way, every which way, this way and that way and every way. And that is where we think many of our comets come from. Either the Oort cloud, which is all the way on the outside, or the Kuiper belt, which is still very far away compared to us, but a lot closer in. So sometimes the orbits will get a little bit disturbed. They're still going around the sun, but instead of going around the sun in a nice circle, their orbits start to get stretched out and start to look more like really long ovals. We say that they become very elliptical. And when that happens, they can start to fall into the inner solar system and they come in really, really close to the sun and then they go way far out again. And then they come into the inner solar system and then they go back out of the outer sol out into the outer solar system. So depending on how long it takes them to make one of those trips, we call them either short period or long period comets. So a short period comet is gonna be a period, so the amount of time it takes, that is less than 200 years. And long period take longer than that, as long as it takes. Now, some of them only come into the middle of the solar system, into the inner solar system once, because some of them just fall whoop, right into the sun. <laughs> yes. And so that doesn't work out for them, right? They just turn in, they fall into the sun, they become part of the sun. But the ones that we typically see, and there's some famous ones that you might have heard of, like Halley's Comet or Hale-Bopp, these ones are ones that are going round and round. Now, when they come into the inner solar system, we're close to the sun in this area, right? So it's hot. So those ices, well, out in the outer solar system, it was so cold that they were solid. But when they come into the inner solar system, they do something that's called sublimate. 
So to sublimate is to go straight from a solid to a gas. They skip the whole melting. We're used to seeing an ice cube on the table. And let's say you put it out in the window, in the sunny window. First, it's going to melt. And then you'll see that it evaporates away. Well, with the comets, they just go right from solid to gas. And little chunks of them start to break off when that happens. And they start to fall behind the comet. Now, when that happens, we can see that. Because even though we're very far away, those little pieces of stuff falling off of the comet bounce light from the sun off of them. So we see it and it almost looks to us like it's on fire. Sometimes they look like this beautiful kind of greenish blue color as the light bounces off of it and then bounces back to us, just like the moon, right? The moon doesn't give off its own visible light. It's the sun's light bouncing off of it. Same thing with comets. So they come in, we see that bouncing off of them. It looks kind of like hair to us. And sometimes they can be really, really big and bright. And sometimes from our perspective, they're very faint and you have to go somewhere very dark and look for a long time to spot them or see them with a telescope. But when you do, it's really, really special. So they are visitors from another part of the solar system that are reminding us of the formation of the solar system itself. All right. Well, Oliver, thank you again for such a wonderful question. This was a joy to talk about. Now, we have lots more topics coming up. And for anyone listening, if you have any questions that you would like us to talk about on the podcast, please have your folks, have your parents send it to the email address in the description box. And as always, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious. <laughs>